It might be one in the morning, but everyone in Oklahoma City has to brew a cup of joe after that game. Isaiah Joe catches fire. The Oklahoma City Thunder take care of business and more. Coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Rylan Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Email the show, Pod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Game Time, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder taking care of business against the Golden State Warriors. The bench steps up in a big way, and I think the Thunder have found their rotation. Isaiah Joe is on fire, and how the Thunder course-corrected yet again as a young team in this game. You can also join the Lockdown Thunder Insiders Club by going to subtext.com slash Thunder. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDINNBA for $20 off your first purchase. And again, I want to thank you for making it you everydayers. This is what it was all about, to listen to the show every day for the last few seasons. It's for games like this. Uh, so download the Game Time app right now. Use code LOCKEDINNBA, $20 off your first purchase at Game Time. More on that later on. In this game, why I say the Thunder took care of business. The Thunder are in the midst of the start of the season, of course. You want to get off to a great start. But in the midst of this specific stretch, the Thunder have to capitalize. Yes, you're playing the Warriors. Yes, it's hard to win on the road. But no Draymond Green due to suspension, no Steph Curry with an injury, and the only players that the Thunder are missing are by choice. You're missing Usman Jang with a G-League assignment, and you're not playing your, your three two-way guys right now. So the Thunder were at, four, at full strength for all intents and purposes. They were able to start SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, J-Dub, Chet. Meanwhile, the Warriors had to start CP3, Clay Thompson, uh, Andrew Wiggins, Kaminga, Sarich. They started Sarich over Looney. Pretty weird decision. By Steve Kerr. Go listen to Lockdown Warriors for more on that. I'm sure there are some hard-fought thoughts. In this game, the Thunder showed a lot of resolve, and they kind of showed how they're kind of learning on the job and on the fly. This game started out very, very sleepy. The time changed. They looked, dis- they looked disjointed offensively. They were sleepwalking. They had bad way-off misses uh, to start this one. Mark calls a timeout not even two minutes into the game. And then Shea gets hit with an offensive foul right out of that timeout. But then after that, the Thunder respond, go on a massive run. It was an 8-0 run at first with Josh Giddy leading the way with a couple buckets. That forced a Warriors timeout. That Steve Kerr timeout did not do what Mark's timeout did. In fact, the opposite. OKC grew their lead to 19 points. But you knew the Warriors were not going to go away. They started hitting threes. And they went on a run of their own. Uh, the offensive rebounding battle and the rebounding battle in general was always close this game. Like in the first half, it was two. Uh, it ends up being like three or four, the difference on the glass in this one. But it was the way the Warriors were coming down with rebounds. And it was the stretches where they you know, picked up multiple rebounds on a single possession that made it feel 
a lot worse when you were watching this game live than what it ended up being, uh, you know, retrospectively on the box score in the leisure. But you know, the Warriors were on a great run. Uh, they cut the lead down to seven points. There was awful execution down the stretch uh, of that second quarter. The Thunder are a young team. This is a game of runs. And they're still learning how to put their foot on the gas and keep it there and kind of handle playing from ahead. Remember, you know, this Thunder team, for as much as they won last year, they won 40 games. It was a, it was a prize season. The majority of those wins were, were due to these exhilarating Come from behind third quarter victories. The Thunder have not been put in this position to grow these big leads, as you've seen against the Pelicans, where they actually did lose the lead and lose the game. The Hawks, or the Hawks came back, but then the Thunder were able to grow back in arm's length. And then in this game, where the where the Hawks, you know, where the Thunder grow a 19-point lead and see it shrink all the way down to one point in this one, midway through that third quarter. Uh, you know, Mark called the timeout, it sparked the Thunder. And, you know, I, I thought that the Thunder did a great job of trading blows with the Warriors and handled the, that Warriors run, that Warriors crowd extremely well. After that, that lead got down to one, the Thunder get back up by nine after an 8-0 run. And from there, they kept them at a distance. And then they ended up sw- swelling the lead to the largest of the night, which was over 20 points. But the Thunder did all this. And, and you're thinking to yourself, like, whoa, uh, Clearly, this was, you know, this was SGA. This was the Thunder superstar getting it done. SGA did not have a really good game tonight. We'll have more on that in depth. But it was really a fourth quarter that was massive from the complimentary pieces, especially Isaiah Joe, who, who lit it up for seven threes in this game on seven attempts, was perfect shooting in this contest. But the Thunder, of course, didn't go wire to wire, but you're not going to go wire to wire on the road, if ever, in the NBA. To close this thing out, after seeing your lead dwindle to one point on the road and having the, you know, the visions or the the memories, the short-term memories of, of blowing a similar game where you were up by 19 to the Pelicans and losing, uh, th- this was a great job for Oklahoma City to kind of get over that 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 hur- uh, hurdle of the Warriors. Obviously, the Warriors uh, are, are not uh, the traditional Warriors right now because you're missing Steph, you're missing Draymond. Those are, those are massive facets of this team. But at the end of the day, the second youngest team in basketball had an opportunity here to strike, and they did that. Like, yes, it got messy in, in the middle portion of the game. It got messy at the end of the second. It got messy at the start of the third. But other than that, the Thunder played a really perfect game, and they won by 21 points. Like, you you have to be extremely excited about that. And so you play the Warriors again on Saturday, where Draymond Green will not be there you know, Steph's going to get reevaluated tomorrow. We'll see. I, I doubt that he plays, though, but technically speaking, he's not rolled out yet. Uh, so you've got to capitalize on that. And it's very hard to do. It's very hard to beat the same team twice, much less beat them twice on the road. But it can be done, and it's really crucial. Then you have a back-to-back. But the back-to-back is Sunday night. You play the Portland Trailblazers, who are one of the worst teams in the NBA. You have to cash in there. Then a couple of days off, your first consecutive off-day streak uh, since, you know, a couple of weekends ago, only second time of the season. Uh, and then you play the Bulls at home. Like, so this stretch is so big because off of this stretch, then you play, you know, the, the Sixers and the Kings and the Lakers and the Mavericks, and you play all these good teams, you know, even the Wolves in there as well. You play all these good teams to where you need to stack it up right here in this stretch where you have the beat-up Warriors and you have – Portland, and you have Chicago, who's waiting to implode at any minute. And tonight was a great job of taking care of business for a young team. And to do it 
while SGA had an off night, is even more impressive and even shows like, like how good this team can be because the off nights from SGA are going to be few and far between. The Thunder once led by 21 points. The Warriors once led by six. Only three lead changes and one tie. Think about how the the tone and timmer on social media was so dire at times by some Thunder fans. The, the lead changed hands three times. It was only tied once. The Thunder were only out-rebounded by three rebounds. They forced four more turnovers, like the Warriors turned it over four more times. Yes, they got three more rebounds, turned it over four more times. The Thunder had four fast break points. Here's the big kicker. The Warriors dominate second chance points, 27 to 6. Without that second chance points, it already wasn't a game. Without those second chance points, uh, it would have been a historic uh, blowout game for OKC in San Francisco. Uh, The Warriors uh, won points in the paint by six points. The Thunder shot 50, 59, and 91. The Warriors shot 40, 34, and 90, uh, 79. If you would have done a blind resume test of like, guess who had this shooting game? You would have absolutely picked the Warriors to have the Thunder line pregame just because it's the typical Warriors. But the Thunder were able to catch fire from three and able able to stave off a Warriors run led by Chris Paul. And, and goodness, what a terrible night from Clay Thompson, partly due to Lou Dort and Casey Wallace and the rest of this Thunder team. That's a great job of the Thunder defense, but also just a rough night in general from Clay Thompson. So a great win for the Thunder. They took care of business on the road, which is all you can ask for. And then they have to re-rack it and do it again, though, on Saturday. What you can do right now is you can head over to BetterHelp. Folks, BetterHelp is there for you. Uh, you can go check them out today. And you know, I, I think that you should go check it out, betterhelp.com slash locked in MBA. And the, the benefit to me of BetterHelp is a couple of things. Number one, uh, some people I know uh, d- don't like to go in places and don't like to kind of go see a, a therapist, maybe face to face. And some people just can't. So no matter what the situation is, like if you don't have time, the benefit of BetterHelp is that they can, you know, give you that quality care, that quality uh, therapist session around your schedule and totally online. So you don't got to go anywhere. You don't have to do anything other than go to betterhelp.com slash MBA and sign up. So, you know, whenever you do, the beautiful thing about BetterHelp, not only is that they work on your schedule and you can do it from anywhere in the world, but as you sign up, you're going to fill out this questionnaire and they're going to match you with a therapist. However, you're not stuck with that therapist. If you guys just aren't clicking the way you want to or don't feel comfortable talking to that person, sometimes that happens. No problem. You just re-roll and, and, and you can go and get a new therapist at no extra charge until you find the right one that fits you. It's flexible, convenient, and suited around your schedule. So go there right now, fill out that brief questionnaire, get matched with that licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. So go there right now. If you're thinking about starting therapy, I believe that BetterHelp is a great place to start. It's a you know it's a great environment. Uh, and again, around your schedule, totally virtual. You can't get much more convenient than that. So if you're thinking about starting and you think that it'd be great for you, then go there with betterhelp.com slash locked in MBA. You get $10, uh, 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked in MBA for 10% off of your first month. What's the area number of your friends over at Game Time? Game Time's great. And so you can use the code locked in MBA for $20 off of your first purchase over there at Game Time. And the benefit to Game Time is that it's last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So the example I always use is that if you live in Oklahoma City, you have 41 chances to go watch the Thunder. And some nights you're way too busy, but some nights you're kind of 
him hawing around Bricktown. Should, should we go to the game? Should we not go to the game? Just fire up that game time app, and you're going to find a brilliant deal. That it's just a it's just a, a deal that you cannot possibly turn down to get in the door and watch some really really good Thunder basketball. So check it out today uh, over there at GameTime.com. Use code LockedInNBA. Boom, twenty dollars off your first purchase. Uh, you get a view from your seat. You can get it for, of course, theater, sporting events, concerts, all that fun stuff. So the view from your seat, the the event cancellation protection is great, uh, and the lowest prices guaranteed at last minute tickets is awesome. Of course, it's safe. You can get it right, right on your app. You can go download the Game Time app, uh, create an account, use code locked in MBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Again, create that account, redeem code locked in MBA, L O C K E D O N N B A, for $20 off of your first purchase. Download the Game Time app, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Isaiah Joe. What a great job by Isaiah Joe. Heating up. He was big time in this one. Uh, before we talk about his shooting from three, his switchability defensively uh, without getting exposed and like picked on and, and mouse in the house is really, really cool to see. I mean, he, about, you know, back-to-back games, he defends – Victor Minyama and Kevon Looney and get stops whenever he's, he's forced onto those guys. Like he's got, he's gotten multiple stops now uh, against way bigger guys than him. So even whenever um, you, you kind of get him into an advantageous matchup, you are able to see him stand tall uh, and, and play bigger than he is. Of course, he's not going to be this elite point of attack defender, but, but to also not be played off the floor on that end or uh, hunted in the pick and roll, or even, in the switch everything style, you feel like you've given something up whenever he's on a much bigger body. You at least feel like he can compete on a much bigger body. It allows you to play your system, play your style of basketball on that end of the floor, and then reap the rewards offensively. Seven for seven from three. The, the beautiful catch and three, catch and shoot stroke was awesome. The, the sidestep, step back over Andrew Wiggins just showed the kind of night it was for Isaiah Joe. The ring was huge for him in this one. 23 points, five rebounds, two steals, seven for seven from three. Did not take a shot inside the arc. 25 minutes. He was extremely hot off the bench. And it just goes back to, to what we were saying all along and, and kind of remaining consistent with all along here on Lockdown Thunder is, you know, even for as great of a year as he had last year shooting the basketball and shooting the ball 40%, he still had that March stretch where he shot 31% from three. He shot 31% from three in October this year, and now he's getting hot in November. Great against San Antonio. Great tonight against Golden State. Uh, and what a value that contract is. You, you cannot undersell the fact that not only has he been on the minimum the last two years and, and, and picked up off the scrap heap uh, from Philadelphia, but next season he is a club option for $2 million, which you obviously is a no-brainer. But finding these guys on the margins and these deals is what allows you to build uh, such a great team and a, and, a, and a contending team and, and pays dividends for you. Uh, and so uh, Isaiah Joe, you cannot say enough about, about his style of basketball. And I know it sounds silly to pin a, a 20 plus point win on one player, but if you watch the game and the ebbs and flows of this game, like the, the way the thunder not only got, got, you know, cushion from the Warriors, but ended up blowing the Warriors out was due to Isaiah Joe's three-point shooting. You, you missed that. And 
it's not only a tight game, it, it might have flipped on its head without Isaiah Joe's three-point shooting. So what a night from him in this one. Also, off the bench, making a huge impact, was Cason Wallace. I love the way that he runs the break in transition. He's able to finish tough at the rim. He's ha- He has great passing feel. Like He had the great uh, pass to Luke Dorr on a backdoor cut. He hit Shea on a transition lob, which he did the same thing to Kenny Hustle last game. So he likes to use that, that lob pass on, in transition. But the biggest thing is, Cason Wallace is just always under control. You know, he has that crafty reverse finish. Uh, he's a great communicator defensively, especially uh, in, in barking out assignments in transition defensively to help the Thunder uh, limit points in transition. But the biggest thing is his maturity and, and like the way that he sees the game and feels the game. And the and the team, like from, from Mark to the players, they trust him. They trust him in every scenario. And that was never more evident. We've been talking about this all training camp, and it's easy. It's easy to hype up your own teammates in training camp, but we mentioned that it seemed way more genuine uh, from Mark and from the players of the hype on Casey Wallace. And then they not only, you know, talk about how good he can be, but they double down with their belief in him in game from the minutes he's getting to the assignments he's being put on defensively to plays like this, where he is just harassed and double teams. And when you're double teamed, you know, deep on the baseline like that, most coaches would, would kind of freak out and burn a timeout, waste one to get your rookie out of that scenario. He had to pivot a couple of times. He was looking for somewhere to go, and his first few options were cut off. And so most of the time, you wave the white flag, call a timeout. But Mark trusted him to figure it out and, and get the ball out of there. And what does he do? He stays composed. He doesn't just throw the ball away at the first little crevice of light that he had and, and, and result in a turnover. He, he held on to the basketball and then kicked it out to SGA for a wide-open throw. And Mark trusting a rookie to make that play just continues to show the belief and confidence in him that this team has. And then you can tell by way of, you know, the, the team, no matter who's on the floor with him, allowing him at times to run the show on the ball, but also, you know, dishing out to him and maybe passing up a good look for the ball handler for an even great look from Jason Wallace and trusting that he'll capitalize on that great look that you passed up a good look for. Uh, so it was evident in that corner three, which is huge at the nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter to put OKC back up double figures, and then the lead, of course, ballooned from there. But it was kind of the it's kind of the exclamation point on this run. But the trust this team has in Jason Wallace is evident in how they play, and it's evident in how they talk. Twenty-five minutes, ten points, two for two from three, two rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a foul. And we're going to get into some of your takeaways at the end of the show because I, I just cannot think all of you daily listeners enough for, for the support this podcast has always had, even back a couple of years ago when the seasons were not as fun as this one all the way up until now. Uh, but one of the big takeaways that a, that a couple people have already sent in was about uh, when is Casey Wallace going to start? And I know it's very fun. I know it's very fun to talk about the starting lineup, to speculate the starting lineup. Uh, and it feels like such a big deal because, you know, it's how you start the game. Uh, it, it's when the crowd is juiced up and you're going through, uh, the, the the handshake line and all that fun stuff. The, the, to me, the starters don't much matter. It more so matters the minutes played and who closes games. Case and Wallace will for sure play starting level minutes, and you're seeing him gradually get to that point uh, over the last few games. He's for sure going to play starting level minutes, and if the matchup dictates it, he's for sure going to close games. And, and Mark has proven that he will for sure close games. And so, in my opinion, the five guys went healthy that are going to start from, from, from jump street all the way to the end of the season are going to be these five guys of Shea, Josh, Lou, J-Dub, Chet. But the, the closing 
lineup will change and will and will be altered game to game as it already has been. And Casey will still play uh, starting level minutes, but he'll come off the bench and and he will be uh, that kind of player for this season. And that's a really good role for him. And I would again beg of you to to stop looking at the true positional column on this Thunder roster because technically Casey Wallace is another guard, but he fits every single lineup that the Thunder can craft and put out there. And you know, when, when you have these bevy of picks, eventually you're going to draft over guys because some guys are just better. Some guys will get left behind. And that's been a message that's been constant from Sam Presti himself of just some guys are going to be left behind. You've got to fight to, to be one of the guys that make it to the other side of, of this rebuild of whatever you want to call it, this retooling, whatever, whatever you want to call it with the, with the words there. But great job from Casey Wallace. And I think that Mark Dignall has found his rotation. Now, he's still going to explore, tinker, all that stuff. You don't have to explain to me Thunder basketball. But when push comes to shove, like the Thunder's rotation should look how it looked tonight with some minor adjustments, right? So tonight you had 25 minutes from Isaiah Joe, 25 minutes from Casey Wallace, 21 minutes from, from Michich, 17 minutes from Kenrich, 11 minutes from Wiggins, 3 minutes from Jaywell. So like the tweaks and adjustments are going to be like, I believe that Kenrich Williams will, will play technically more minutes than Michich most nights because – Kenrich is more you know, versatile and, and there's more lineups where it's conducive and matchups where it's conducive to play Kenny Hustle. So like, I'll, I'll tweak some of that. Uh, some nights are going to be like a heavy Wiggins night more than 11 minutes. Some nights are going to be a heavier J-Will night more than three minutes. But like ultimately, these are the guys who play along with your starting five. Like, these are the guys. Uh, and I think that that should be your core group most nights. Now, I'm not saying that you, that, that you never play anyone else in the world on this, on this roster, but most nights, this should be the rotation. And I think that um, this game mattered. Because you're not going to get many opportunities like this, you know, and this had nothing to do like, like people, people before the season were always worried about like, oh, but the NBA is going to take the Thunder more seriously now. And, and then they're not going to rest their guys anymore. It's the NBA. These things happen. You're going to catch teams at great times and bad times. And you've caught the Warriors at a great time. Steph is dealing with, with some knee soreness and a knee sprain. Draymond decided to choke hold Rudy Gobert and, and, and play WWE out there, and he got suspended for five games. This is a great time to play the Warriors, especially a great time to play them twice in a row. And so you have to take advantage of that. You have to take advantage of, of this gift that you've been given by Draymond, you know, starting inciting a brouhaha, or at least a Donnybrook, at least a dust-up even. You can say maybe it's a scrap at the, at the lowest point, but all the way up to potentially a Donnybrook. We'd have to review the tape together. Uh, to get that distinction. But nonetheless, the rotation in a game that matters that you have to win to take care of business in a crucial stretch of the season, as we laid out earlier, this is how it should look. And, and this is how it did look. So great job by Mark and, and this Thunder coaching staff. Uh, I want to talk about J-Dub on this show coming up. Also, Josh Giddy continues to build on a really good stretch after San Antonio. And of course, we're going to dive into your takeaways all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, but good friends over at Price Picks. Price Picks is awesome. You can go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. And when you do that and use code LockedOnNBA, your first deposit match up to $100 we matched for you. So your deposit up to $100 we matched for you uh, right there at Price Picks. It's so fun. The reason I love Price Picks so much, and it is available in Oklahoma, is because it's just you versus the projected numbers because everyone's life is busy. You don't have time to go compete in these pools and fantasy pots with other fantasy sharks who just sit there and study every single nuance of fantasy sports. You don't have time for all that. 
Price Picks is just a fun way to enhance your viewing experience. So it's literally just what do you think will happen? Price Picks sets a sets a projection, and you decide will they go more or less than that projection. So the projection, for example, tonight there was one of Chet Holmgren, you know, three free throw attempts, more or less. Obviously, it hit to go more, and so that's it. He had more than three free throws. You win that leg of the entry. Now you pick two to six players, and then boom, you run off from there. You can even do cross-sport entries. So as the NBA season overlaps with NFL and college football, take, for example, Saturday's game, Thunder Warriors, you could sprinkle in a little a little uh, Ollie Gordon. Oklahoma State, Oliver, Ollie, what are they, Ollie Gordon, I believe. Sprinkle in some Ollie Gordon rushing yards. Sprinkle in some Dylan Gabriel passing yards. Sprinkle in some Chet Holmgren blocks all in one entry. And sit back, watch the Oklahoma sporting events, and see if you're able to capitalize. Go there right now at prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. And whenever you do, you can get your first deposit matched up to $100. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Great job by J-Dub. The stop and pop mid-range stuff was great uh, to get buckets for him, critical buckets in the third quarter. He had that crafty finish at the rim, which was like a little scoop layup action, which was really good. The bullet pass, the SGA on a fast break early in the game, first quarter. That, that is a much, much tougher pass than it's getting credit for. Cash in a three to help the Thunder on that initial massive run, balloon, balloon their lead. Really good defense, 16 points, five assists, three boards, two steals, two for three shooting from three. High impact game. Josh Giddy, some really hard drives. He rattled home a three uh, to, to go and make it 10 to seven after that slow start for OKC. And he just did a great job overall of this decision making. Uh, his, his three ball worked three for three from three, had one off of a pass fake, which was wide open and had to shoot it and nailed it. Uh, and the decision making at the rim was, was really good against an undersized Warriors team. Uh, he pulled out the floater at the right time. His first floater he missed, but it was not a bad decision. It was, it was the perfect time to pop floater. And in fact, it went halfway in and just so happened to miss. And so misses are not inherently bad. Like, like the process to get to a miss can be bad, but the miss itself is, is not always bad just because it's a miss in the box score. Uh, and then he did make a, a floater, uh, which was good there as well. And then defensively, he played a really nice uh, team defense in this one. He's, he's not going to be a good point of attack defender. No one should be surprised by that. He's never been a good opponent of attack defender. Even at the highest of highs of hot streaks from Josh Giddy, he's never been accused of being a good defender. But stuff like, you know, rotating into the lane to plug up a short roll from Saric to get a stop, like that stuff goes unnoticed. Nobody really cares about it. And people just look at whenever he's on an island. But like his his defense within the team construct is really good. And that's all you have to ask Josh Giddy to do. If you're left with Josh Giddy being a point of attack guy in, in certain lineups, it's a bad lineup. So uh, him playing his, his role within the system defensively mixed with 19 points, six, assist, you know, six rebounds and assists, two steals, uh, three for three from three. It's a really good Josh Giddy game. I thought Chet Holmgren was good. There were some obvious like, like things you can clean up. He only, he only missed three shots all night. Like he passed up a chance to back down Chris Paul, like getting more selfish in those scenarios, quote unquote, selfish in those scenarios will be good. But remember, you know, Jadab had that same issue last year as a rookie. It's it's hard as a rookie to to find that balance of aggressiveness versus trying to play a role that fits the team and like show show the team that you're willing to uh, adapt to their style of basketball. So you know you know last year 
Mark talked at, at, at length about how they were trying to push Jada to be more aggressive. You're going to have to do the same thing with Chet Holmgren. He is a rookie after all, but like matchups like that, like you've got to go do it. And within the same game, the next time he had a matchup like that, it was a back down of Moody. He turns around, it's a Dirk fade on him, and it's just it's just golden. So like taking advantage of those opportunities will be big for him. And he still compiles 13 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, two blocks, and he absolutely swallowed up a Clay Thompson drive. All Thompson could do, he he literally got scared driving into the rain, into the lane and seeing Chet home run at the rim. All he could do is turn the ball over. And there was nothing left for him to do. Amicic played really well. They had him in there on pods, which was a good decision by OKC. He dropped some dimes in the fourth quarter to really put the game out of reach. He's really good at navigating the pick and roll, especially uh, you know deeper uh, into the offensive half-court look. Seven assists, five points, two rebounds. Only shot one for five from the floor, but was still good in his minutes uh, in this game. Obviously, there were some low-pressure minutes in there uh, because of the fourth quarter, but nonetheless, pretty decent run from, from Mitic, especially to build off of San Antonio. Wiggins in 11 minutes, six points, two boards, and assist. Good job by him to be impactful in that stretch. And then you had SGA, who picked up four fouls at the nine-minute mark in the third quarter, which obviously impacts how you can play defense. Uh, but 24 points, seven assists, two rebounds, three steals and a block still after getting those fouls is really good. Uh, he had a stretch where, you know, people were complaining of how many threes he took and, and, and thinking that he settled. I, I thought that he settled for one shot. Like, like all those threes were were actually threes that like fans have been wanting him to take in the sense of wanting the Thunder to create for him more. Like he got some really nice catch and shoot look threes. He just didn't make them. So like, again, him not making them doesn't mean he settled or like, isn't a good shot. Like him taking those open threes are good. I think that he did settle and like he did uh, force that step back three top of the key, I believe it was on uh, Chris Paul. Uh, but other than that step back three, like he didn't force any of the threes. They just didn't go in. And sometimes the shots uh, just don't go and we, we can go and review the, 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 those shots. If you were interested in that, just hit me up on Twitter and we can review them. But I didn't think that he forced any of those uh, uh, threes necessarily besides again, that, that step back top of the key. But this was an objectively bad SGA game by his standards to, to score 24 points on like 26% shooting. And the Thunder have compiled the depth necessary to be able to win games like this and, and to have his teammates pick him up. And that's huge. MVP of the game is Isaiah Joe. Song of the game, first time ever, and might be a returning bit if you like it, but song of the game, Save Me San Francisco by Train. Go listen to that song today uh, as the Thunder are able to win this game. Now, as a, as a courtesy and a thank you to everyone who, who stuck this long and also is everydayers and listens every single day, I like to read some of your takeaways on big games like this. Uh, and we are going to start with President of Mullet Town. So it's like Mike Gundy, your mayor, I guess. Isaiah Joe is going to walk into free agency and get four years, $100 million. Uh, the, the, the money like will be good for Isaiah Joe. And you have to remember, like, Isaiah Joe is under contract again next year. They're going to pick up his club option. And so by the time he hits free agency, you're looking at the new TV contract. You're looking at the, you're looking at the money going up uh, and the cap going up. So like the number figure might sound crazy right now, but it's all about percentage of the cap. That's, that's all that the, the money is. And you have to keep that in mind the next few off seasons, because the next few off seasons, you're going to see massive, massive, massive money to people, but it's all about the percentage of cap uh, that, that matters. As long as it's in line with, uh, what role players typically go for and, and have used to gone for. It's just the cap has gone up. So uh, the, the, the total money of the percentage goes up, of course, if, if we know how percentages work. And I, I don't, I don't, I went to Lawton public school. So we were not very good at math. We're not very good at much 
uh, in Lawton. Uh, beside, well, well, we'll get into that later on. That's, that's a that's a Locked on Thunder podcast after dark, if you know what I mean. Uh, Riley says, uh, from afar, Casey Wallace is an elite role player for a very long time. He, he, he that is that is a great take. Casey Wallace is going to be a highly impactful player. A rookie should not be impacting winning on both ends of the floor this soon. And the fact that he plays high-level defense in a premium position, playing against these top scorers, and plays a role offensively, which is pretty challenging. Like, like there's some times where he's on the ball. There are some times where he's off the ball. There's some times where you want to use him as a screener and diver. There's some times where you want to use him as a corner sitter. Like, he plays a variety of roles on both ends. To do that effectively and flip the switch to each role, put on the new hats, whatever terminology you want to use, it, it cannot be understated how hard that is and how and how telling it is of, of how good Kaysen can be. He's already good at this, at this role right now. Uh, moving on to some more takeaways. Isaiah Joe should be in the starting lineup over Josh Giddy. Um I mean, we do this with everyone who has a good game. It was like, oh, just start him over Giddy. And it used to be it last year it was start him over Dort. Uh, Isaiah Joe, like if you look at the rotations, he gets plenty of run with like the main guys uh, because they, they they typically leave Shea and Dort and they take out the other three of the starting five midway through the first. And then the other, you know, the other three of the starting five come back uh, in the second quarter once SGA is out uh, and they kind of stagger it that way. Uh, so Isaiah Joe gets plenty of run with like really talented players and his role is perfectly fine right now where it is. But this was a really good, really, really, really good game. From Isaiah Joe, it cannot be uh, understated. Um, so we can continue on with Craig. Gained experience in Sacramento. Uh, also showed a lot of resilience, uh, against the, resilience against the Warriors and tightened it up uh, after the third quarter. Totally agree. Uh, this was uh, a, a clear a clear learning experience from you know the Pelicans game, Hawks game, Kings game, all these games that, that kind of stack on top of each other. I, I think what puts it over the top for like how good this core can be is the fact that they're learning these lessons pretty soon. Like some teams take a long time. Some teams like you got to blow five, six, seven, ten. You got to blow a, a season's worth of games before they correct the issue. And the Thunder like have had a couple, you know, a trio of, of close games since blowing that Pelicans game. And of course it's a game of runs. Like the other team made a run and, and got it close, but ultimately they're able to regain their distance and get big wins in, in these scenario. So a really good job by OKC overall to learn these lessons uh, so soon. Uh, rebounding is still awful. Uh, gave up half offensive rebounds tonight. Uh, this game would have been over in the third quarter. It's a trade-off. And I think I think that tonight, like, the biggest thing was, like, there were, like, because, again, we look, we look at the stats, and, like, the rebounding was not that big of a disparity com- comparatively to where it was. A lot of it tonight, what was frustrating is there are possessions where, like, it came in bunches for Golden State and the same possession. And because, you know, oftentimes tonight, it was not an issue of like, well, the Thunder just really need a center. You know, if only they had a big guy out there um, throwing, throwing around the elbows and boxing out, uh, then then they'd be pretty good at rebounding. A lot of times tonight, it was not a size disparity. It was, a, it was an effort disparity on certain stretches. So I think that, that played a part into the frustration. But uh, overall, you're going to have things that you need to clean up even after 20-point wins, but you got to enjoy uh, the, these 20-point wins. Um, uh, I, I think that Smokey has a great takeaway of like Shea shot all those free throws last season and they're not getting the same calls uh, this season. I, I, I am I am beginning to wane off of this opinion, but I'm going to stay strong to it right now. We see it every year of like, oh, the officials have a point of emphasis to not give X player these calls or not or, or uh, to tighten up on 
the offensive, uh, you know, offensive bait fouls and everything else. Like they always have this point of emphasis and they are really strict about it, really stern about it at the beginning, kind of like me in January with the, with the diet and everything. And then, you know, the season goes on, the year goes on, eh, enough, enough. So we'll see, we'll see if this, if this, you know, ends up being enough and like Shea eventually does start getting the calls again, as I think he will, but yeah, it is frustrating. I think it's frustrating for SGA. I think that his counter to it has been that he's the one initiating contact now, which is bumping defenders off their spot. Uh, and, and he's made the adjustment of like, if, if the officials are going to let you play physically, then you've got to play physically. And, and he's done that now. Uh, hopefully it, it eventually cycles back to him getting foul calls, but nonetheless, it is going to be a reputation that uh, Shea has of drawing all these foul calls and the officials like feel as though, you know, maybe they feel as though that they, they, gave out too many fouls last year and they want to tighten it up, whatever the case is. And eventually this will kind of all settle in and, and fall back, revert back to the mean. But uh, the bench came up clutch, especially Isaiah Joe and Casey Wallace. Uh, Chet bounced back from Tuesday's game. The team is young, but they are scary good from Clay. This team is young. This team is scary good. And all those other things are correct too. So what a fun night. What a fun night it was. We're going to have coffee at, you know, one o'clock in the morning tonight because it was so great and so fun. So thank you all. For listening to hopefully a very fun and great and, and exciting pod, but it's up for you to decide in the comment section, which you can do on YouTube and anywhere else you get your podcast from, including you can go and follow it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SiriusXM, where you can also listen to every Thunder broadcast with Matt Pinto. So go do that as well. And follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles until Saturday night, whenever we recap another Warriors game. How fun. Be good and be good to one another.